Hey guys, Keegan here. Welcome to a new episode of Producer Jungle. This is the podcast where I just call up people inside the music industry, pick their brain, record the call, and put it out there for people to listen to. Uh, these conversations always help me, so I figure it might help somebody else out too. So today I get to interview the legendary Jazz Feezy. Um, I got some questions ready for him. Um, the Zoom call, which I record these over, crapped out like two or three times. You can make out what he said, it's not a big deal. You'll hear it, it glitches out, it's fine. Um, but there's plenty of gems in this one. So, guys, please enjoy. Yo. Oh, good morning, how are you? Good, man, sorry. I'm trying to just get this whole setup. Like, I don't think I've ever set this thing up. That's why I'm just, the struggle is real. I was just about to get worried. No, no, I was just on the road. I was grabbing a quick Tim Hortons coffee, the the manual. So what do you get from Tim's? What's in your drink? Uh, I got I got three. So if I really like need something, I go dark roast, double, double. Actually, extra large, dark roast, triple, triple. <sighs> right? That's like if that's just like the cocaine of coffees. Yeah. If it's yeah. like a normal day, just your, you know, large, double, double, medium stuff. Or if I don't even like their stuff, I just get a black, black dark roast, and I just add my own stuff down here. Love it. So it's about, it's 11 for you. Yeah. So what's, what's this morning look like for you so far? Uh, 6.30, I get up. 6, 6.30, I get up. I have at least like an hour and a half, like till eight to work. And my kids get up. And uh, that's basically what I've been doing all morning. Went to the mall. Got my uh, glasses adjusted because my my two and a half year old just took the glasses and went uh, <laughs> that whole thing fixed. So basically, m- most of my mornings is once my kids get up, it's like I'm with them till like 11, 12 ish. My wife takes them, and then like 12 to 12, like a 12 hour day standard, I'm just down here just making music. So you mentioned you do some work in the morning, also. Yeah. So like I'll get up and I'll. Uh, so I do a lot of stuff in TV and film. So I'll check all my emails and I'll. Uh, what I usually do is so I have like a. All the demos that I have a week. And then Friday, I'll come back in and check and go, okay, is there any demos? Cool. Uh, start giving any feedback to any of the writers saying, hey, um, maybe fix the hook here. Maybe this verse is a little bit too vulgar. Tone it down. Or maybe rile it up. Like if it's a bank robbery scene and they're like, I'm going to rob a bank. That's not what we need. We need like energy that you're robbing a bank. You need to sell that movement that if there's someone robbing a bank on screen, the music has to match it. Not like you're, you know, doing Mr. Dress Up and you're doing the, the motions, but you're not actually singing in the song. So it is so cool to, I mean, first of all, it's a pleasure meeting you, whether it's online or in person. It's cool to talk to you and, and meet you right now. Um, and congratulations. I don't know if you've heard that today yet, but I have to say that. Congratulations for all that you've done so far and all that you will do. It's, it's very cool to see I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, and I love to see you right now in your life, enthusiastic in it. Um, but the first thing I want to ask is I tried to do a little bit of digging and I wanted to see, I was curious, what is the very first Instagram post that jazz ever made? And I noticed that in, do you have any idea what it is? I haven't checked like my first post. I think it was probably like either a machine gun Kelly placement when we still had CDs back in the day, or maybe a studio pick of me working off a laptop. I couldn't tell you. It's you know, been so long. But it's 2012, October mm-hmm. 9th, and it's the lace up single. 
MGK, yes. produced by Boy Wanda, T minus, and yourself. Yes. So what I'm really curious is, could you fill in the blank for me? Could you fill in from you born, growing up, childhood, and you can paraphrase it, give me a, a couple sentences or two, but catch me up to that first Instagram post of a machine gun Kelly placement, boy one to T minus, what happened in between there? So I live in Barrie, right? So Barrie is kind of like a city within the middle of nowhere. So you have Toronto, you have tons of farm field, then you get New Market, then you have more farm field, and then you have Barrie. Barrie is kind of like an hour and a half north of if you're going to say Toronto, Toronto is like so many spots. Say from North York, say from Yorkdale, Yorkdale Mall, an hour and 20 minutes north. Okay. Not much to do here. I met a couple friends when I was growing up and stuff. A lot of people were like, uh, same thing. They're like, it's a small town. They're into drugs. They're into partying. And I just, I'm just like, yo, I'm not into that. So I just started messing around in high school. Back then it would have been Adobe Edition or Cool Edit Pro two and it would have been fruity loops four or five so i've always just been tinkering with music and then i finished my college or i finished i finished high school i told my parents okay i'll do your one year college if i graduate with everything i get to go to harris uh university or harris music school for the arts so i did their year i killed it cool got to quit that and then i got to do music uh i thought everything was going to be done once i got my diploma and all i really had was a diploma that says this idiot paid $15,000 to come to the school. You still have to go figure out everything yourself. Well, thanks for the money. Yeah. So uh, I went back to my relationship. So that was in 06, but I met T-Minus and Boy Wonder back in, uh, uh, I graduated in 07. I met them back in 06 at Battle of the Beatmakers 3. Okay. And uh, this is back in MSN. So this is before Instagram. There was no, the DMs would be like, you'd have to have someone's email code, type it in, and then you guys would be friends. And we would just voice note beats back and forth. And uh, that friendship and that relationship transpired into eventually that first placement of just me just sending some ideas to my friends, them working on it, massaging it, making it way better, adding their own, you know, amazing like recipe to it, sending it out to MGK and then MGK cuts the record. And then that song, uh, my very first song, it's on the Lace Up album. And then it becomes the trailer for Idris Alba's uh, Oh my goodness. Nelson Mandela's Long Walk to Freedom. What are the odds? Because before music, I've always had a passion. Like the artist stuff happened after, but I've always had a passion for I want to get stuff into TV and film. That's always been my desire. Okay, good so, to know. So where does music come from? Who gets you interested? Was it always music? Where does this happen? Uh, just friends, you know, like I'd be like, uh, again, this is back like, why I always state this, this is the beginning of the internet. So we're talking like Napster, LimeWire, Kazaa, like all the illegal Beagle sites. We got so much new music and we get them from the actual labels because someone was clearly leaking them, right? So my boys, they were into like Deftones, Corn, Limp Bizkit, all rock stuff. And that's what I started with. And then in grade eight, I heard that one bass line from You Could Do It, Put Your Back Into It by Ice Cube. And I'm like, Yo, what is this form of music? I never knew what rap was because in much music, all they would play would be alternative rock. So like you Blink-182, your Sum 41, your Green Day, like all rock shit. And then if you were up late at night, you'd catch Rap City with Master T. Master, no, not Master T. Master P? No, Master T, Master T. And then you'd hear all like these amazing records. I'm like, yo, they never put this on daytime, but this music is a really amazing. Come to find out it's a whole new genre called rap. Rap, hip-hop, soul, R&B, and all that. So that sounds like as a listener of music, you're discovering these sounds and genres. 
where does the production come into play and the DAWs and the actually making it yourself? Just the same thing because I was so intrigued. I'm like, yo, how is there this rock format? And then years, that's all I knew. And now this rap format, my dumbass. pardon me. Am I allowed to swear? I don't want to yeah, swear. Of course you are. Be yourself. Perfect. Um, my dumbass thinking like, oh, like this rap music is so new. And then come to find out like, no, it's been around for a decade. It's just, they don't promote it as much. Um, I just wanted to know how beats were made. So then it was just like quick uh, Google searches. Like, you know, um, how does one make a beat? Or like, how are like rap instrumentals or how is the genre of music created? And then you'd get like, you know, back then, I think you'd only get Pro Tools. That's what they kept pushing to you. Maybe Logic, uh, Cool Edit Pro, and a couple programs. So once I found out again, same way, you're able to illegally download music because there was no other facet to get it other than CDs. I just asked a couple people online, like, yeah, how do you, you check out some forms? And I literally just typed in, how do you acquire Fruity Loops? Sure enough, like the fourth link is like a whole uh, underground of like a forum of just uploaded like packs, DAWs, and you can get Pro Tools and everything there. So I'm like, I'm not really into Pro Tools and I didn't have the computer back then. So I'm like, yo, let me just get Fruity Loops. It seems like it's low level. My computer won't blow up because it was a Pentium 2 back in like, oh, 2004, 2005. So I said, let me, let me use that. So there probably wasn't YouTube University at that point. So is it the exact same thing? You're just asking people in forums, how the hell do you produce? How do you make beats? Was there people around you making beats? Did you have mentors? No mentors. So not, no one in Barry. I was the guy because like everyone else, like people play guitars, but this is like before the sample era. So people had bands that you could actually record, but they would be sending you the CDs or the MP3s of their music. And back then, like no one would just send out a guitar riff. That would be unheard of. Right. So, um, yeah, it was just like the people that I met on the forums, you start sending them beats back and forth. And, uh, some of these guys that actually knew music, they're like, Hey, this is actually dope. Like, if I was like someone that could get music with someone, I'd send this to like 50 or like I send this to like, you know, uh, Kanye or some stuff. So I'm like, all right, cool. But then other people that were jealous that they were beat makers and you kind of surpassed are like, yo, this is kind of trash. And I go, okay, cool. Any, any feedback? No, it's just trash. I go, cool. Let me hear one of your beats. And then their beat is like even worse. And you're just like, never mind. I get it. So then you start understanding that certain people that you started with, when you start surpassing, you get a little bit of hate because they might have been on fl for like i don't know two three years i just came in new into the game two three months and i'm surpassing people because again if you really want to do something yeah my first hundreds of beats were tar terrible but if you keep making beats day per day eventually you'll have like a growth and your bar of like excellence just keeps rising so you have that best beat then you got another one then you got another one and then as you keep going over the years and years of course if you're if you're looking back at your previous works and you're judging it crucially Eventually, yeah, you will get better to a point where you're industry standard. Side note, I think the opposite too, where if you're keeping in the routine and, and staying warm with it, sure. your bar of what your worst beat sounds like is still getting more impressive to the sure. listener, right? Sure. Um, so back on that, where at this time are you finding drums? Man, all leaked forms, bro. Like I think back in the day it was... It would have been Wary's, W-A-R-E-Z.com. Okay. And you could literally just type in like, like back then the big packs were Dr. Dre's pack, Timberland's pack, the Neptune's pack, uh, your standard TR-808, like someone ripped it right from the drum library, the 909. And then uh, we had sound fonts back in the day, which was basically like these things you can use in FL that you could drag in that would have like all the sounds from like a Triton or Roland or whatever. 
So, yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot of spots, but a lot of blogs started coming up. So I think that was during the, the blog era. So a lot of dudes were just like, I guess people were just trading drums back and forth. So now the bigger companies, now today we have Splice, but back then we had, and these still companies are still around, Zenheiser and Vengeance for anything that's EDM, super, super base, four on the floor stuff. A lot of those companies would make like these really, really like bastardized versions of like hip hop drum kits. And all it was is like, you could tell the same kick that they have in like all the EDM tracks. They just took off the reverb. They just took off like, yeah. They took off all the effects and they just gave you a naked naked kick. So that's what you had to work with. You're like, okay, well, it's hard to kind of make sounds from scratch. And there hasn't been the technology invented in 04 or 05 to where it is today. I'm sure you could have done it, but I'm just like, look, give me whatever drums and I'll just affect the hell out of it and make it sound good, even if it is garbage. Love it. Use what you got. Exactly. Um, and at that time too, we weren't in this whole sample game where now you can just be a melody maker and send it out across the world and this and that. So were you playing everything out? Playing everything out. And I, for a long time, so in FL, you have a pattern sequencer. So you're supposed to go, you do the pattern, and then you can lay out all your patterns to make a song. <sighs> Bro, I used one pattern. Yeah. The long format. And I'm trying to do like a two, three minute instrumental. I'm like, I'm like, who the hell creates music like this? This is really yeah. stupid. And then when I show him, um, when I met um, one of my boys down the road, he's like, bro, you know, like, you're supposed to only make like a four bar loop, go to the playlist, put the four bar loop in and then do each instrument on a pattern instead of just trying to fit it in on one whole thing. And I'm like, ah, yes, that makes sense. Yeah, that's hilarious. But you wouldn't know until someone like, like you said, right? Same thing. Like, uh, until you adjust yourself or kind of like show it to someone that can like, Hey man, like there is another way you're going to keep making the same mistake over and over again, because again, there's no busy works beats. There's no ill mind. There's no, uh, and there exists, but there's no tutorials on YouTube to show kids. Hey, when you're starting FL, this is how you make a beat front to back. This is how it is. This is the arrangement section. This is the pattern section. So you're learning off the cuff because all that, the, all that technology is there for kids today, which is why when kids today tell me like, yo, I don't got sounds. I don't know how to make beats. Like there's nothing out there. I honestly want to slap them and say, no, 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 come back in time. 15, 20 years with us and we'll show you what no sounds look like. Yeah. Damn. So when do your drum kits come into the mix? So my drum kits would have been the first drum kit I made was actually boy wonder. So let me tell you the funny story. Um, I'd always watch wonder work. He's like, uh, almost like a, a savant, just like he's crazy. Just the way that he works, he's just very efficient. He hears a kick. He knows exactly what he's going to use and not every time, but most of the times when he makes a beat, it's all there. But I was noticing when he was making drums, I'm just like, okay, well, he takes the kick and then he'll affect it in a way that makes it, gives it that oomph. And then, you know, he might put it to the mixer chain or whatever. But over time, when I kept seeing him work, I'm like, bro, if you're doing the same effect every time, would it not be efficient just to like render out your kick? Right? Like you're literally doing the same thing over and over again to get the same noise. But that's your kick. Like that's undeniable. When you hear that kick in one of your beats, you know, it's yours. He's like, I got no time for it. And I said, yo, let me like, let me get a couple sessions from you and let me start rendering out stuff. Let me clean it up and let me give you your own kit. He didn't think anything of it. He's like, yeah, do whatever, man. Like, I don't care. Like it sounded like it was a lot of work. So to him, he wasn't interested. So I said, perfect. So now I got a bunch of sessions. I'm taking like pull up. I'm taking uh, not afraid. I'm taking like, I forget which ones was in the first kit, but I was taking a lot of his bigger placements, opening the sessions. And then I would render 
and I would curate the sound so like I'd ha I'd keep all of his effects in play. So when you get that first thump of a kick, it's his kick. So that would be the actual Boy Wonder kick based on how he science and process the whole kick to its sound. Got kick one. Same the ways his snares was hitting. Cool. Same thing too. Even if you had a snare, a clap, or whatever, that would be like a trio snare because it's like you're taking three different elements, squishing it together. But when it hits, it just hits such a pristine, crisp way. So I came out with the Boy Wonder Series 1. I gave him the sounds. He was blown away. He's like, bro, how many does this take? Mind you, it's my first kit, so I've never done it. It probably took me a solid six months. I don't want to say like a thousand hours, but it would have been up there. It would have took me a long time because I didn't know how to process anything. I didn't know how to like label stuff. And again, it's my first kit, so I didn't know how to expedite the whole process. Interesting. Now, that's this is hilarious that we're talking about this because I remember, I don't remember the like, exact moment, but when I downloaded that kit. Ah. Um, now, were you selling this? Was somebody selling this originally? No, we wanted to. There was a couple of things that were in play, but uh, Matt has such a good heart. He's just like, yeah, let's give the sounds, sounds away for free. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, in my mind, I'm like, but, but, but all the work and all the money and your value and your name. But he didn't think that way. And plus, like, at that point, he was doing well in his career. I forget. I think it would have been. I couldn't tell you what Drake album they would have been on. But again, he's got all the Eminem cuts. He's got the Drake stuff, whatever. I think he was just trying to give back and give away to the producer community. Did you get to your own kits that you sold, right? Of course. Of course. So I did one of his. And then we did version two. Yes. And then we just stopped doing kits because, like, everyone had sounds. And then Splice started emerging. And then. I stopped me, me. I started noticing other producers' kits going back to his first kit, and they're so dumb. They would rename the kick, like, so Boy Wonder Not Afraid Kick 2 to, like, whatever. Let's just say, like, producer, producer Expo Kick 1. Cool. But they're so dumb because when you go to the metadata, it still says Boy Wonder Series Kit 1 Kick underscore 2. Yeah. So I started noticing the stealing game of, like, people just, like, taking their favorite sounds and packaging them, although they didn't process them, they didn't even create them. They're just gathering their sounds and they're making these secret packs, selling them online. I just said like, yo, if you didn't do the work, how can you condone such, such, such behavior of this? But then you have to argue, how does FL feel that I got the bootleg version of four and five back in the day? Bootlegging and the freeness is just a part of the game. It's tied into the culture. It is what it is. So I couldn't even be mad. I'm just like, whatever. I'm like, if someone's going to make money off of it and we never did, hey, kudos. What can I say? <laughs> so building off of everything so far, a, uh, an idea I like is different streams of income for music yeah. producers. Can we talk about that for a sec? I think the majority, you know, they just think it's selling beats. So what, what different streams of income have you set up for yourself over the years? Let's go to the reality. Say you work six months on an album, and this is this. I'm just taking my situation. I'm not taking anyone else's. I worked on this TI album for about six months. I get one placement, placements for only 5000 I want you to really put that into work. $5,000 for six months of work. Yeah. It's kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. And then that's your only placement that year. So then I start thinking, well, look, they kind of already know me from the Boy Wonder series, start doing the drum kits. So when I did Boy Wonder, or the first instance of the Jazz Feezy, I did a trap sample. So it was all like trap ATL type style drums. I did the first ever drum kit for myself. 
And then I believe I did a hi-hat kit. In that one calendar year of just those three kits, just those three kits specifically, myself, just from my name, and then I started using that. Okay, I did the TI stuff back then, I did the MGK stuff, and any other cuts I get, I just start throwing up there. I probably made about fifteen to 16,000 USD. So that's January to December. That's a whole calendar year. So you got that plus the 5,000 for TI. And then um, there was a Jude that we did. Uh, and I didn't even know this, right? We found that afterwards. We got a sync. So a sync is obviously you do music for a particular, you just do a song. Let's say a song. And then you find a way to pitch it to a TV series or whatever. We end up, I mean, my, my boy, my, my friend Chris and I, we did this song with this guy named Tolu. And we actually got the theme for the video package right before for the Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo, I don't know if it's one or the second fight, oh, but uh, or it might have been the first. It's probably the first, but uh, the song was called I'm a King. And so when you realize you make a lot of money just off of like, you own the music, but you can get it like uh, synced a hundred, like however many times people want to pick it up, you can make money that way. Now you're seeing, okay, I'm working with artists. I'm able to do drum kits with my sounds. And now I'm able to get my stuff slotted in TV and film as an artist okay and that's how you set up more revenues and since then since i look back i don't even work with artists at all so if you're from a major label unless you ask like go specifically like hey i'm trying to do this that and the third i'll still send stuff to ti i still send stuff to drake i'll still send the stuff to like people that obviously i want to still work with but my main focus is tv and film and every single time i try to get a cut with an artist i say hey look let's say you're the artist right so keegan you got a record with me i said i know you get the fame but put Keegan featuring Jazz Feezy. Why? What are you going to do with that acapella if I pull my beat? Right. Thank you. So yeah. when we get an Academy Award or we get an Oscar for best song in a TV or film, did you know only if you're slated as the artist, you get the award? Oh, my goodness. So how trash is that? We work on a record. You out there, yo, man, I want to thank my moms, da, 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 da. And I'm just sitting there like, yeah, I wish I could get one of them. Only if I had a trophy. Damn. But anyway, so, so anyways, the long, getting back to the segue, yeah. I know a lot of kids, uh, now they're doing YouTube, so you can do YouTube as a stream if you're up tutorials, if you're like even design, like you want to take them through your process of like, here's a sound wave and this is how I tweak it and make it into a kick. Then I render it out as a kick. That's kick one. Then I bring the kick back into the sampler and I affect it this way. And you can really go deep in and now kids with not even just the TikTok dances, but like. Like if you do a funny video and someone reacts to your video and now your video that's reacting, gets like a million plays, but the original video gets only like 20,000. There's just so many different streams to, to make money. That isn't just artist placement anymore. Are you on TikTok? I'm going to start. I'm going to start because I've just been seeing like a lot of people go crazy on TikTok and I'm like, yo, I have a lot of syncs that I could just post up or even just like react to like, yo, here's my song and this, whatever, whatever. I think it's actually actually incremental that you get on TikTok. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm not on it, so, but I agree with you. Mm -hmm. um, where, if, if producers are interested in getting into the sync world, how can, they, how can they start looking for companies and brands to pitch to? First, they have to understand their sound. Okay. Know that if a, let's say we're pitching to the Kardashian TV show, right? Know that if they're looking for like dance and like Tropic House or like uh, Four on the Floor, like David Guetta style music, coming in with a bunch of ATL trap bangers, that's not your show. Mm. You got to be very aware that when you're pitching music, you understand what show you're pitching to. 
and what they need. If they need trap records, then you send. But if they only want dance records, sending the trap records, again, on a professional level, if I'm a supervisor and I tell you I want this, but you're giving me the exact opposite, I get a million of those exact opposite emails anyways. So if you have to, you got to meet me in a coffee shop and I go, here's my card, send me some music. That first interaction of just being able to listen is everything. So if you send them the exact opposite of what they're looking for, it's like, cool, then that was your one chance and you burnt it because they're getting multiple emails from so many people, people that they have relationships with and uh, new people that just get their email off of like LinkedIn or um, what's the other one? IMDb. Mm-hmm. They already have an influx of so much music. So if you're not going to listen and you just met them and you're on the top of their mind, then they're just going to be like, oh, this guy's not serious. So first and foremost, understand your audience, understand what they're looking for, understand the network, understand the show. Definitely do some research because again, if you're, we, we just, I, I just was fresh off of Fresh Prince, right? So they're playing Meek Mill, they're playing Freeway, they're playing a lot of old and new school Philadelphia style music that's majority rap. If you come in there with a 1940s, like <laughs> big band dance era style music, it's just like you, you didn't do the basic thing of just researching. Um, so you seem like a well-connected individual. So what I'm wondering is mm-hmm. how important do you think networking is for it's everything. a producer? It's, it's everything. Because if you cold call, like again, like I said, LinkedIn, IMDB is a lot where these supervisors, the people that put in the music and select the music are, are at. If, if you just go cold email these people and you have no introduction, whether it's through a friend or you met them yourself or made an effort to maybe go to their companies, if they're in LA, New York, and try to set up a meeting, if you just uh, solicit, like in my DMs, I'll always get like some dude that's like, bro, collab. And that's literally the whole sentence. That bro collab is the quintessential version of people sending unsolicited music to the supervisors. They're like, yo, place my music. And it's just like, okay. Hi, my name is so-and-so. Like the bare minimum of manners is missing from the email. So, yeah, I mean, if you don't network and know the people personally, definitely like write something that's like, that isn't robotic. Like, hey, what I would do if I never met him, this is my like template and use it or not. Hey, my name is Jai Singh. Um, Very nice to meet you. I cordially or in the past I've worked with, you say you work with artists so they know, okay, he understands the label side. Here's a couple of the TV and film, like the bigger cuts, some trailers, some stuff I worked. That just lets them know, okay, he's worked with labels. He works within the industry. He has manners. If there's any, my always lasting line with not to push music, if there's any projects that you're looking for, I would be more than happy to curate. I just want to say, please to meet you done. It leaves the ball in their court. They read it. It gives them all the information of the stuff that I'm able to do and I'm willing to do. And if you want to throw a link in there, if you work, that's fine. But at least you're not like, yo, collab, like, please sick my music now. Like, there's two ways that we're doing it here. Yeah. Love it. So, hey, this has been amazing. Um, I got to run for a recording session in a couple minutes, but I have one more question I'm interested in. Yeah. Do you, can you remember the first time when you were either in a studio or something happened when you realized, oh, this is it. This is what I want to do in my life. Uh, you know what? It would be early, early 2004 or five. And it would have been a song with P dollars or Dax flow. And it's just the fact that I had an instrumental that I made and they actually like the first song that I heard that my beat was wrapped on. I knew I wanted to do this forever. It didn't matter how big the artist was. It was the fact that I made an instrumental. Someone saw it and said, yo, I like it. I love it. Let me write to it. And then when you get that song back and you finally hear someone like 
again, this is me of years and years of making a beats and no one did anything to my music. Finally, these two gentlemen came in and gave me a shot. It just changes your whole depiction because when you're making beats, whether it's for an artist or anyone, it's just beats. But when you get that artist, that first demo, that song back, you have an audio MP3 or wave proof that like, I can really do this shit. The song is the end, is the, is the end of the race. The, the start is making the beat, but now when you finally cross the finish line for the first time in, in terms of getting a song done, that's when I know. So you said a couple of um, years. So do you remember how long it was from when you started until that moment? I would have said, I, I'd say it's like 03. I would have started. And again, when I mean I started, I mean like I didn't know what I felt. I started just making beats. I started yep. sending them out. It would have been 03 slash 04 to about 06. So I would have had like two years, two, three years of just garbage beats, not understanding the process, not understanding like the level of quality and just trying to make something that was just even usable. But you didn't give up. You just kept going. You just kept having fun. Because when you know you're in school, right? And like, look, if I really wanted to put an effort and actually gave a damn, I probably could have pulled 70s, 80s, realistically as a student. I don't want to do that. And then when I saw like all these guys like, oh, okay, your, your next goal is to go to university or college. I'm just like, bro, what kind of life is that? Like, I'm going to finish high school to do more school. And then even when I finished my own music school and I got high marks, I'm like, what is the point of this? Like all these tests, all these grades are very insignificant. This still doesn't get me a relationship with whatever artist I want to work with and network and get to where I want to or get my music and TV and film. It's just all a distraction. Yeah. Facts. Facts. So I guess that's what it is, right? Someone told me to do this and it actually makes sense before I let you go. Your start line is what you want to do. Your end line is how you want to get there. So how you work this marathon, if your goal is to get into TV and film, and this is actually when you get your song placed, cool. Who are the people in the supervisor category or what show can you start getting your music in? Okay. How do you get those songs done? Okay. How do you get delivered? All I'm doing is I'm getting closer and closer until, oh, my music's in TV and film. I've done it. Rinse and repeat the process all over again. Same with artists. I want to work with TI. Cool. How do I work with ATL artists around him so at least he hears the song through them and they go, oh, who produced that? Oh, this guy named Jazz. Okay, cool. Oh, who produced that one? Oh, it's Jazz. Cool. Now you get it to Young Dolph or one of the young guys. Oh, it's Jazz. Oh, cool. You know, tell Jazz send me my music. Boom. That's how you're going to do it. Gems. Oh, my goodness. Oh, let's end on a high note. Jazz. And on a high note, if you ever want me back, bro, we could do a part two. We only started. Oh, only I, started. I know. I know. That's the beauty of this. Hey, uh-huh. thank you so much, brother. Yeah, Brent. Save my number. Anytime you guys are, are down to talk, that's fine. And Will do. You an artist as well? I dabbled a bunch of stuff from, from EDM production to recording engineer to this, to that, to this, to that. To uh, I got nothing out under my name, though. But are there other people's? Yes. Either way, even if it's some artist that you've engineered, you produce, whatever, whatever, for your own sake, yo, send me some stuff or send me, send me some of your friend stuff and let's get some stuff in TV and phone. Oh. There's so much like range of music that's needed. I'm always like, look, anyone I can come across and we can help each other out. It's always a great starting point because I might be here. You're here starting. You might rise above me and become like the greatest composer of all time. You'll remember, Hey, that guy Jazz gave me a shot. Let me come back for him. And even if you don't look, it's just good karma. We help people out. That's it. Yeah. Thank you, brother. You have a wonderful day. Okay. You as well. Peace out.